Ben, is it Ben Levitt or Ben? Yeah, you got it right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know it's confusing because that A always trips people out, but it's pronounced Levitt. Okay, Ben Levitt, man. Again, thank you, thank you for making time for and coming on. Um, so in in your bio that you sent me, you're a um entrepreneur. You want to become a serial entrepreneur, and David was saying, "What? He wants to buy a bunch of serial companies." <laughs> <laughs> own own some cereal companies that was your goal cereal entrepreneur own yeah. the what what team do you, do you want to own the jacksonville jaguars it's a team in the nfl jacksonville Jagu- jaguars that's florida right yeah yeah exactly so that's the northern end of florida right on the florida georgia line okay um and then so you are an entrepreneur now with uh yeah. with a degree in business yes i do um, have a degree Okay, see that that's that's awesome. Some people have a degree, some people don't. From what yeah. I can tell, it looks like you're using your degree. Um I would say the contrary. Uh from surface level, yes, technically okay. it's in the same loose field, but application, no. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Um so so then many people can relate. I'm I'm sure cuz sure. going to school and and thinking last week we were interviewing um a career advisor and she, cool. she was saying that a lot of people um, go to school and they, they figure things out or a lot of people that she advises for are in their late thirties. Like, Hey, we now really after, after 15 years in, in our, in the career, we kind of know our strengths, know, know what we're good at. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking for something that we, we know what we want to do. Um, to, to specialize. Exactly. Exactly. So let's go with uh, with the what. What exactly do you do now? Um, I know you you have a YouTube channel channel, a podcast, and I I am a subscriber, so I follow the stuff, the hints, and all the info you post on YouTube, which it, it, I find it very helpful. Um, awesome. So thank you for that. But what do you do now as a as a career as a as a career path? For sure. So I guess. If I had to classify it, I'd say digital marketer or social media strategist would be like the term if I had to have a title. Okay. Uh, so essentially, I run, I run a marketing agency and what we do is we help businesses or personal brands with their strategy and implementation and optimization when it comes to social media. Mm-hmm. And then so that's organic as well as paid depending on the circumstance. So we just kind of make things a little easier to understand and then actually leverage the tools that they are because uh, a lot of people aren't maximizing to their fullest potential. And there's a lot of opportunity out there for business growth and also an expansion of people's messages too. Okay. So what kind of, what kind of businesses do you see um, are hiring people like yourself? If, I mean, I'm sure they are, because you said there is a lot of leverage in social media that they can use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it really depends. It, It totally depends on what you were decide to specialize in. Uh, we I have a few different like wings that we operate within my agency. So we do have a team for that's more of the paid side. So that's going to be more client acquisition or s- direct sales. That's always going to be easy to sell because you can put one to one this much uh, ad spend re- returns this much return on investment. So uh, that's very very easy to sell because if you're good at that, you are guaranteed to make money. What I specialize in more so within my agency is actually the stuff that's more difficult to sell to smaller companies because they need to believe in more of a long-term vision because social media is a long-term game, but the rewards are 
very long going. So it's, it, you get it back. It's just, you have to put up a lot up front and get nothing back for an extended period of time because you're building that brand. And it's very difficult to put a numeric value on a brand. So you really need to sell to the right people, but those who believe in it and you show that you, what you can do, they're, they're, they're out there for sure. It's just a little bit more of a hard sell because it's not, not anybody is a cust, potential customer. Whereas if you are more in the paid traffic perspective, almost anyone could be your customer. Okay. So I, I like what you said. It's kind of like an investment up front and the return comes later. Would it be, would it be okay to compare it to like a, say, investing in stocks, a long-term investment where, where you're, you might not see something, but I'm sure people don't want to wait 30 years, but long, long, a long-term, you'll see the income. A hundred percent. And I think that's actually a great analogy that you just made there between long-term investing and brand. Brand is something that is long-term and that's where you're going to see the dividends later is when you do invest for it to the long term. It's something that you create and it takes time. So you can't just force that. Whereas like the paid portion of our business, the second you launch an ad, you have data for them within the next few days. So it's, it's, it's not as real time. It's not as live. When you're building a true organic following, obviously that takes time because you have to get that snowball rolling and then it eventually can become a machine that pushes itself. But to get to that point, it takes a lot of grunt work and the majority of the people won't stick with it to that point, either for a lack of knowledge or a lack of patience. And that's why there will always be an opportunity because the masses do not continue past the point of frustration. Okay, so how long... So. I on, on our podcast, we're at this point where it's either we go in full send and and try to grow it into to the next step, or we can't. We're yep. at a stalemate. Um, okay. How long does it take usually a business to realize like, look, either we go all the way in and um and and, and invest whatever we have to do, or 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 we're just gonna freeze up. I mean, does it depend on the business, or is there a time frame? Yeah, I think that's very, very dependent on the business and also the business owner entrepreneur. So I think it really comes down to your level of risk tolerance, one, even the vision or the message. I, there's a ton of brands that you'll see out there that some of them are, are perceived overnight success. Trajectory path happens a lot faster, but there's also some brands that we see now and then like they've been working for the past 10 years. So they're a 10 year overnight success. So it really, really depends. I think having the foresight to think about what the end goal, and I think far too few people do this. They get into something and they're looking for success, but they don't even have that planned out for themselves. Where if everything went perfectly, what does this look like? How are you making money? Who are you serving? If you can't answer those questions, that's not a business. And so many people fall into that category. So I think it's really asking yourself the tough questions mm -hmm. and being honest with yourself. And it's I'm not sure if you've ever read the book called The Lean Startup, I believe. That's what it's called. Uh, I have it on my shelf. That's why I looked at it. Um, it's so essentially a big principle there is that they talk about pivoting. So mm -hmm. even within businesses, you can always pivot. So you're not necessarily starting from scratch just because you're shifting a lane. You're just taking what you, you, what you now know and just putting that to better use in a place where you see more of an ideal fit. Okay. And, and I, I like that you, that you mentioned that because many or oftentimes businesses or people that have had a certain goal in mind and all their friends and whoever knows about it now and they're afraid to pivot even though it might take them into a better down a better path because mm -hmm. like oh now i look like a failure i i'm, I'm not doing what i was doing before yes um, so okay so what would you um what would you say to somebody like that i mean obviously you can't make someone pivot if if, if they're not willing to right 
Yeah, I think that really comes down to one, you, you can't care about what anybody thinks. I think the, where I found success in life is because I have been so not afraid of what my friend or even my parents would have said if I did fail that. I failed so many times. I've run businesses that no longer exist. I've run businesses that lasted for a few months and are gone. And yeah. if it, the only thing that actually makes that a hindrance is if you let it be one. So shifting lanes for a better opportunity, I think that's a good business decision and not a failure. So I, I think it really comes down to uh, deciding if you should pivot or not. It's one, how objective can you actually be with your own business? Oftentimes, this is like your baby. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to from an objective lens. So I think that, that's important to go into any initiative with someone who can be that stabilizing force, to ask the tough questions, to really challenge you to say, okay, is this the best way of handling it? Could we be more efficient? Is there a different lane where this may be more beneficial to a different audience? So I think it really comes down to asking the tough questions and being able to provide the tough answers. Okay. So um, w- one, one example is one time I, I tried starting a business and it, it was uh, two, two other partners. And um, mm-hmm. so we decided to make it official, went to the attorney's office and the attorney's like, okay, so what is your goal after you purchase this? Uh, I stated my goal. The other two goals were totally different. Um, and the attorney's <laughs> like, are you sure you guys want to do this together? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we are, we are, we are. A day passes and I'm thinking like, okay, well, if we have different goals, obviously we're going to be working on this differently. Um, yes. And so... That was that was like I was like, man, thank God we went there. It, it, thank God it was a free consultation. But man, I learned so much from just the fact that we didn't have the same answer to the to the same question, um, like you mentioned. So as a as a consultant, I guess you are to um, to to different companies. I noticed a lot of people coming up, um, and many people are starting YouTube channels and and podcasts and all that stuff, and and they're trying to be experts in certain in certain areas. Um, and somebody listen out there is like, dude, I, I want to become a consultant or I want to become a digital uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, what what did it take you? How did you get to where you're at? I mean, you did mention you had a lot of failing failures, um, which is which probably means you had a lot of experience, right? Yeah, certainly. So I, I think that was a great question. It's so funny. I was actually having this thought with myself yesterday. So this is the perfect time to answer that. And then just building on one thing I wanted to throw in there before we move on is Mm -hmm. that your example where you said that you were going into a business with two or three people. I think that's a mistake that first time entrepreneurs always make because they feel like they have to do that because that's what we've been conditioned to believe that if you don't have a team behind you, you can't find success. Where in 2020, that's nowhere near the truth anymore because there are so many resources. There are hundreds of one people or one person businesses that are making millions of dollars. So don't let that be the reason why you go with a partner. Mm-hmm. Go with a partner that makes sense because you have complementary skill sets. Don't just be a partner because they're your friend. Uh, and then so moving on to uh, the point of the real question that you asked yeah. in terms of how does someone become an expert? I had that very same question because I wanted to be that expert. And I, I hate using that word expert because I think that's it's, it's all relative. But to become I'll call it a relative expert in mm-hmm. a specific field. I think it has to be an obsession, like something that you truly are. You're never going to start the expert, but are you willing to become one? I think that's the really important distinction. And so often people say yes, but they don't really mean it because if that were true, you'd be investing almost all of your free time into that subject. So for me, when I was in school, 
I spent more time learning about social media than I did my own studies. So that was a clear sign from my body and my mind that that is what I enjoyed and was more drawn towards. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge believer and advocate to listen to your body. We've survived as a uh, species to this point from that exact thing, listening to what our body says and reacting accordingly. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we haven't adapted as fast as technology, but for some of the things, you still want to listen to your body. So it should absolutely be an obsession and you should be willing to invest the free time necessary to actually be that again, I'm going to throw it in quotes, expert in that. And okay. it only comes with time. There's a, the concept of the 10,000 hours. I think now you can definitely expedite that process given internet courses, free YouTube videos, et cetera. But it's really about the time and your willingness to put it into that uh, field. Okay. Um, that's awesome. You said you, said, uh, you kind of have to listen to what your body says. And I, I think, because kind of like how, just, just thinking about myself, Sometimes what you're good at, you think isn't, isn't, uh, isn't in, or is there's not enough mm. people that are like, that will be listening. So, so most people are trying to become an expert at this field that there's a millions of other experts in there because, because I don't know, it looks good or for whatever other reason, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm just like, when, when this podcast started, I was like, so. I like to talk, you know, I like to talk to people. I, I like to ask questions or I could have become uh, or go invest into real estate, which I know nothing about. Right. So what. OK, I'm like jumbling my words together, but it's easier just to look at what you already are doing, I think. W would you agree with that? Kind of like you said, you listen to your body. Sometimes you have a natural tendency and it pulls you to something that you already are good at and maybe you don't see it mm -hmm. as a as an ex expert field that people will be interested in um yeah would you agree with that how did you yeah so i think there's two important things there i think one thing that i should have said uh when i answered that question was that during that time and ever, even from a young mm -hmm. age i tried everything Anything that piqued my interest whatsoever, I tried it and I tried it and I tried it until it became glaringly obvious that I was bad at that or it was not for me. And then I moved on to the next thing. So that's what I meant by listening to your okay. body. You actually have to give it a proper and appropriate sample size to find that. And again, building to the point where you think where you said that uh, people may feel like what they're good at isn't in demand or isn't cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a saying that the riches are in the niches or niches. Mm -hmm. And there is definitely some truth to that, even to a greater degree in 2020 because of the internet and your availability to reach a very small audience. And if you're the destination for that kind of information, that type of, con type of content, that service, that product, you don't need a ton of people to be buying your product to make a very good living. So don't think that it's too small until you've actually gone there and proven it for yourself because oftentimes you'll open that door and there's a lot more people there than you think just because you're maybe you may be the only kid in your high school that's interested in that there's probably at least a few of you in every high school across the country and then every high school in canada and etc so don't put yourself in a box that may not even be there okay um more now more towards a little bit your career what does your schedule kind of look like um as a uh digital digital expert um what yeah. does your schedule look like is it a nine to five you work in an office or or does, does it differ 
So it really depends. I typically work from home. Um, so uh, it's whatever I, I really want, basically. I, I do get up fairly mm-hmm. early just because I like to get a start on, on the day at that point. But it really depends on what's going on at that point. So I, I typically like to batch content and uh, batch work whenever I can. So say if it's a filming day, I'll film like four or five videos to give me content for the next two or three weeks. Just so that way I'm not scrambling when the time comes to actually upload a video. Mm-hmm. And there's, and there's so many reasons that go into that. And then if it's more project-based work with, say, a client, then that really depends on whatever is needed for that specific activity. Luckily, I do have some people on my team that I can pass work off to, and I'm just more of uh, the gatekeeper that uh, keeps the level of communication mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. Uh, and provides strategic perspectives here and there. So that's been a huge help to surround yourself with some good people. But uh, it really varies greatly. I, would say, I work the majority of my waking hours, but that's because it doesn't feel like work. Okay. So like, like this is stuff that it, it's only, it's actually crazy to me that I make money because like I would be doing this stuff. I, I feel like I'm just doing it for fun. This is what I do. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think I'm very lucky in that way that I get to do that and I do get to make money. And because of the internet, it's able to scale to a point that can be very comfortable. So I think that's, uh, if you can find that, that's pretty okay. awesome. Okay. So, without the business if we go just social media um somebody out there is like dude i've been on here for a a year two years i still haven't made a penny how long was it until you made your first like real real money yeah so again that's going to come down to a a ton of variables there and i get asked so many questions that are so general questions but there's no such thing as a general answer to these questions it's hyper specific to the specific person and situation. So for me, I started making money fairly mm-hmm. quickly, but that's because I went down and I, I, I saw a niche. I, saw, I started off on YouTube in a completely different niche than I am today. And through doing that, that's how I became the expert that I, that I am now because I figured out how to do that the most effectively. So I actually started making YouTube videos about my torn ACL like three or four years ago, wow. because when I had torn it playing football, I went and, uh, looked on YouTube videos and they were all so bad. So I was like, this is a glaring opportunity. I've wanted to be a YouTuber for so long. I've talked about it in high school. Like, oh, if my football career doesn't pan out, I'm going to be a YouTuber. And everyone's like, okay, Ben, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> so then I'm like, this is my opportunity to start. This yeah. is this is fate or whatever you want to say it, saying like, you need to do this and you need to do it now. So I, I did these videos. It was my first introduction into making videos. And Looking back on them, they're so cringe, it hurts, but they did very well because I identified a gap in the marketplace. And that is super critical for any business owner is that if there's no other alternative, it doesn't need to be that great because you're the only option. So I started getting hundreds of thousands of views on these videos and I started making money fairly quickly. And that also helped me to get to the threshold of monetization very quickly. So my numbers, I would say, are not typical unless you're willing to scout out a market or if you already are an expert or you're willing to invest a lot of upfront time becoming very comfortable with the best practices of these platforms and all that goes into making content and uh, whether that be on Instagram or YouTube. So it's, it's very case specific, but it can come a lot faster than people think though because I was making money within a few months of making videos. Wow, that's awesome. Um, did, you, did, you, uh, did you use sponsors? Did, was it just um, like from, from views? That- yeah, so that was straight AdSense. So that was strictly from that's views. Awesome. Unfortunately, as, t- as time goes on, and especially right now with all that's going on in the world, there's less money to go around in AdSense. So that money does diminish, like per view goes down. Mm-hmm. It was like three or four years ago. It was fairly high. So I was making like 
was big money for me back then. It was like a few hundred bucks a month. And I was like fired up by it. But I then got into the world of affiliate marketing and I could have made so much more money on all those hundreds of thousands of views. I was just unaware to it. So I think uh, once you start making your first dollar online or first dollar in business, you almost like wake up and you just become aware that there is money to be made. And then you start looking for all these avenues and you find them. And then you pursue that and you become comfortable in that. And then you move to the next one. And you just continue to expand. It's definitely a, a, a compounding thing that once you get one right, it starts to become a lot easier to do the next one. Okay, that's awesome. And you answered this question a little bit already, but um, why did you decide to, to kind of choose this to be your, your career, if you will? Um, you said you were playing football and you kind of wanted to pursue that. I mean, guys that don't make it to an NFL team per se, you know, end up doing like uh, athletic science, coaching, different type of stuff. Why did you go to straight to social media? Yeah. So if you had to talk to me from the age of like 10 to right before I stopped playing football, I was going to be a football player. You couldn't have told me otherwise. I was going to figure out a way, scratch, claw my way into whatever league would let me in. Yeah. So then when injury set in, that was definitely a harsh reality. I think anybody who is a very serious athlete or anything that's very competitive and they invest so much time into so much of their identity is attached to that. And I think social media and expressing myself through like the creativity of actually making things was the first time that I got that similar emotional stimulus that I had recently had from football. So I felt like lost for a while. And then I started doing this type of stuff. And I started to feel like I did when I'd have a great play on the football field. So again, I went back to listening to my body and saying like, okay, this actually makes me feel a certain way. I would love to have this feeling as often as possible. So I'd say it's a combination of that. And then the second aspect of it was these things that for the majority of people were very confusing to me seemed incredibly simple. So I I think that is also uh, a big, big thing is when things seem so easy to you, but not to the masses, that is a great opportunity for you. Okay. That's a, that, that's a almost like an eye opener, right? Um, like you said, when it's simple to you, but not to the masses, you know, you know, you have something that other people don't have. Um, which, which is cool. Not, not everybody, not everybody could always, uh, catch that feeling or catch that, uh, that window in their lifetime. Um, well, they can, they can, there, you, you can, if you're doing enough things, like literally like I was, you could talk to my mom when I was like six, seven years old. I was just constantly doing things because I wanted to find that. I think the people who don't find that, they're not looking. Their eyes aren't open. They're going through the motions. So it can be something as simple as, have you ever thought about being an actor? Take one acting class a week. See where that takes you. If it becomes boring, okay, you don't like that? Try pottery. Maybe you're going to be the best pottery person and you can build a huge Instagram or a, a store from yeah. that. So I think it really comes down to, you may find it at 60. That may be when you find it, but it is out there and it is attainable. You just need to do, 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 do. So that, that's perfect. That leads me to to my next question is the how can I part? And it's 2020 and uh, we've had we've had some comments on our stuff where it's like, hey, Ruslan, I love I love your content, but your videos are a little bit too long. Um, I wish you could make okay. everything and like make a highlight video, put everything into 10 minutes, which definitely makes sense because not everybody has an hour, two hours to listen to, to, you know, to to a video. But at the same time, what crossed my mind was like all these online classes that are offering now. And if you really want to learn about, say, 
say you want to learn how Ben Levitt gained his, gained all his followers or or whatever, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be a five minute video or um because <laughs> exactly. a lot of work goes into that. And I, f- I feel like there's yes. almost like a like one of the issues of 2020 is people's uh, attention span. You know, like they, they're expecting everything to come so quick um, and just just living a little bit of life on from my experience, you know, things don't come easy. No, Ian, you are preaching to the choir because I get inundated with DMs and I would say an overwhelming majority are people in that exact same scenario. They'll be telling me all their problems and how their social media isn't growing, their Instagram, their YouTube. And then I'll go look at their page and they've posted five times. And I'm like, how in the world do you think that's an appropriate sample size that you deserve success? And then the other thing that I see so oftentimes is that people get stuck in their ways and they have tunnel vision. They're like, okay, if I just keep doing this, keep doing this, I'm going to find success. Sometimes you have to peek away and, and see maybe you're in the complete wrong lane. So often that happens too, where people will be like, oh, I post great content. Okay. For who? Mm. Who? For you? Do you think it's great content? Because if you do and other people don't, that's a problem. Then you're, you're going to get one follower and that's going to be you. So oftentimes they'll be like, oh, this person has a follower. Uh, this person has so many followers and they'll send me someone famous. I'm like, yeah, they can post selfies and grow because they're famous. If you don't have that fame pushing you up, you need to fill the, the marketplace with some sort of value, whatever that is with you. That could be comedy. That could be enlightenment. That could be uh, positivity. That could be education. But it is an exchange. And with so many distractions out there, if you're not viewing it like that as a value of ex- value exchange, you're not going to find success. And it does take patience too. Um, You said uh, someone popular. I just remembered the, the, I think it's some good news. What's the guy's name? Oh my goodness, dude. The guy from the office. Oh, uh, oh yes. Um, it's Jim, but I can't remember <laughs> yes, his real name. Jim. Jim Krasinski. Uh, no, some, something Krasinski. Is it? Ah, it's gonna John. John, Krasinski, maybe I think it, is it is John Krasinski. Here, David, can you Google I that? I think it's John. Please. Okay, so that that's like a prime example of somebody, somebody already famous. I mean, I think he has three episodes out. Each each episode has over three million views. You know, and yeah, so man. a regular say Ruslan, you cannot compare. What's his name? It's jo- it's it's John John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah. So like his his character in the office. Okay, in the office is yeah. Jim Halpert. And in, in, in some good news yeah. is John Krasinski. So that was a beautiful example because the first episode I watched and he had like a hundred something thousand views. I'm like, dude, I wonder how how many views he'll get in, in a week, you know, and it just it just blew my mind. But that's mm-hmm. not reality for mo- for everybody, not in the one percent, um, because because he's using everything. I mean, that's kind of that's a that's a perfect uh, 10 years later overnight success where he's been acting and doing all these things for 10 years, for, for example, yeah. and, and all of a sudden that, you yeah. know. He's operating from a point of leverage. So often I get that and they're like, they're saying, oh, like, well, this worked for them. Why doesn't it work for me? It's like, well, because you're not Jim Helper. Like you weren't in the office, so you, you don't have that. And, and I was in the exact same position. Like I was that kid who was like, well, how do I figure out a way? Like I was from a relatively small town in Canada and I'm like, I looked at these guys, these, all these entrepreneurs who had these big personal brands and the, they were help, working with companies and brands that I looked up to. I was always very, very interested in branding. And I thought like, how do I, 
how does a kid from Oakville, mm-hmm. uh, which is the town I'm from, how do you get to be with these guys? Like, it's, there's got to be a way. And now, easier than ever, there absolutely is. It's by figuring out what your point of value is. So I think for one good example, I've realized this a few years ago, is that I reached out to so many people trying to get them on my podcast. And the ones that replied were positions where I was able to provide mutual value. And it doesn't have to be huge. It could be something as small as, like this one guy I got on was because uh, in his, he had a link in his bio. And I was like, oh, have you heard of Bitly? And he's like, no, what's that? And I said, uh, if you use a Bitly link, you'll be able to track your metrics and see what type of traffic you're funneling there and what you could do to improve it. And he's like, wow, I had never heard of that. And it's free. He's like, yeah, for sure. I'd love to be on your podcast. So it's like just seeing what you can do to provide value because yes, some people are absolutely great, but naturally people are going to be selfish. So if you can figure out how to provide people value, you're always going to have a place to make money, to grow your network because there's going to be a reason for yeah. everyone to want you around. And, and, and that's the, the, the other thing is, um, I just had somebody reach out and they're like, Hey, so I'm not getting enough likes or in, enough views. And the guy literally started a month ago and I'm, I'm <laughs> far from an expert, uh, about this stuff, but I'm just like, look, you could either do like, like dumb content that'll that might give you give you more views but won't last or you could do focus on quality like provide value to people and and that's kind of, that's been our mo here you know it's like yeah maybe we're not going to explode overnight or whatever but but the things we do provide i i hope people fa- find it valuable um yes and and exactly that's that's 100 super important if you're going to start something today because because people out there, I mean, I remember I was 13, 14. It, uh, that's when prank videos were popular, you know, 10, 15 <laughs> years ago. Everybody's watching prank videos. Uh, I almost feel like the world is a little smarter now. Everybody's looking for, for to looking to develop themselves somehow, especially with all this digital education available. Um, my next question would be, you, you mentioned branding. W- what are some in- important aspects of branding for, I mean, for a business? Um, f- for somebody looking to get into the, onto the digital world, what, what have you noticed? Yeah. So I think brand is, is paramount brand will be here forever. So I think understanding the type of power and influence that it has, you should come into it with an understanding that it's going to take time to establish that kind of power. Right. And I think too many people go into it with, again, not enough patience. It's a recurring theme here. I think that's pretty widespread across everywhere. But I think a few things you have to think about is, much like people, brands evoke emotion. Like they a brand to someone, they're going to be influenced in one way or another based on that brand and based on the experience that they have and what they've associated with that brand. So understanding how powerful that is, that should shift the perspective. And oftentimes when I speak with clients and whatnot, and I speak in that light, like, oh, I never really thought about it that bef- like that before. But it is so true. And your brand becomes the most powerful word of mouth marketing tool. And it is crazy how fast that stuff can spread because it spreads like a virus, like no pun intended. And, and like, <laughs> just, just the timing of everything is it yeah. truly spreads that quickly and that rapidly because when people have a great experience, they want to talk about it. It's so too with the bat. So that's why there's such an importance to build a solid brand 
that attracts the right type of person. And one thing I will say with that is understanding your brand's vision is also very, very critical. I think a lot of people fall into the mistake of trying to appease to everyone. And if you do that, you will please no one. You are better off sticking in a lane and, and that being you and not wavering any way, shape, or form. Because if you do waver, you're then going to alienate the super passionate people that were spreading your brand like wildfire mm. to other people that were like-minded. So it's one of those things where when you try to reach everyone, you'll reach no one. So I think consistency is, is hypercritical and a clear aligned focus is also very, very important for a strong brand. Okay. So, so you didn't mention um, if you have a brand, don't drop the followers that you do have. Earlier, earlier, we talked about pivoting, right? So where's that balance between you pivoting, but also realizing, hey, I actually have a following here. Might, it yeah. might be better to start another or something else instead of just dropping this off. Yeah, that's a great question. And I run into people with that all the time. And I think people have the fear. So naturally, as, as humans, we fear loss greater than the potential of gain. So naturally, that's our human instinct kicking in that we're like, oh, I, I have these hundred or thousands followers and I, they desperately want to hold on to them because they know how hard they work to get that. Whereas if you're pivoting, you may be better off starting something completely brand new because these platforms are constructed to bring the right people towards you. So I think it really comes down to, and the only thing you have to answer to answer this question is, are they aligned? If they're completely different, nine times out of 10, I would say start over because how these work is that if you currently have that sample size of let's say 300 people and you're shifting from, you're talking about hockey content, let's just say it's a sport in Canada, people love hockey. Mm -hmm. And then the next week you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to switch it to a baseball page. Like, yeah, maybe some of them are going to be interested, but the majority are not. And that's actually going to hinder your growth because of the communication that goes on in real time from the platform and the users that come across your content. So it's actually going to make you more difficult for you to grow, even though you had those followers that you didn't want to let go. So it very much depends on the situation and how dramatic of a pivot it is. Okay. Um, next question is, how do you or how does someone um, recognize certain patterns on social media, different platforms, um, the way the way uh, likes work, the way follows work? Um, I know you, I mean, obviously it probably takes a lot of time in reading and reading and following certain people and certain uh, companies and all that sorts of stuff. But um, where, where can somebody find that other than, I don't want to say other than, but definitely Ben Levitt uh, YouTube page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. No, 100%. That's a great place to start. Uh, thanks for the plug. Yeah. And uh, also on Instagram, I'm going to be bringing a lot more of that type of content. I was just uh, getting a lot of ducks in a row there. So I want to start bringing more of that branding and, and social media stuff and education and more of like bite-sized content, more tailored to Instagram mm -hmm. uh, there as well. But I think if you're just starting from scratch, I think a great place to start is YouTube. Uh, YouTube and Google uh, are going to be your biggest friend because it'll bring you to blogs. It'll bring you to videos that will walk you, literally walk you through things. So many of these videos that you could approach someone and charge a, a very high price point and you'd find people that would pay for it and people are posting them like myself completely for free. So go leverage that, educate yourself, become consumed with this if that's what you're trying to become better with. And another thing is say, there's no better teacher than experience. So I think starting pages, starting a YouTube channel is the best thing that you can do. And I think it is a 
shame that in the education system, I went through a marketing degree and they didn't do any of that stuff. Like it is crazy to me that they didn't force us to start a blog or start a YouTube channel or, or run a social media marketing campaign, whether it be on Google AdWords, Facebook. The fact that we didn't do that is in my opinion, criminal. And I think that speaks to the disconnect to where we are as from an economic perspective versus how far back our education system is lagging behind. So I kind of went off off on that, but it really, I would just say I'll get all consumed with it and just seek out the free things first. And then once you reach that point of proof of proof of a concept, so you do love this, then invest in it when you have the money and you've proven to yourself, this is something you're willing to invest money into. And that's the point that I got. I started uh, investing in courses that cost money, uh, uh, mentorship, stuff like that. I, I, I love that you mentioned mentorship uh courses and then to jump a little back you you said that it's almost criminal that your business class didn't make you guys start um uh, something online um which which is 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 beautiful because one of our goals is to prevent people from uh unnecessary loans in college so if you're trying to become a social media superstar don't take a business degree um or maybe something with reviews that, hey, this is an updated business degree that'll actually teach you things that you need to know for for today. Do you know of any um, maybe or what courses did you take um, or things that you've learned? Is there anything available like that for people? So they're going to have to make that shift because the mass population in terms of the marketing community is going that route. The majority of dollars are being spent there. So it's going to come from the top and they're going to be forced to do that or die. Um, So that's definitely coming in the future. Throughout my program, there was one digital marketing course and I couldn't even get in because I missed the window. Wow. So there's that. I, I didn't even get to do it. I want to take it as a bird course because it would have been stuff that I've all already done before. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's not a ton. There definitely will be a shift in that again because out of a need. Uh, but currently, it's lacking almost across the board for, for that type of stuff. Just because, And the issue with that is from a fundamental level, universities, colleges have been built on the system where they spend a lot of time up front building a curriculum. So they expend a lot of money and resources on this curriculum. And they're like, okay, this is going to last for the next three to five years. This technology moves way too time. We get that textbook. It is now obsolete. So the stuff we were learning about Instagram and about Facebook in my marketing classes, like I wanted to put my hand up every five seconds and be like, that doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work. So, but, but yet they're teaching these kids and then they're going to jobs and saying, and that's their resources. It it just doesn't add up. Hey, maybe maybe you should add a social media professor to your your career goal and a teach at Toronto. <laughs> that's actually a very funny point that you said that because I was on the local uh, sorry the like one of the news stations here in Canada speaking about uh, digital marketing and YouTube and whatnot. Yeah, and then at the they didn't tell me that they were going to do this, but after the interview. A, a recorded call came on and it was from a professor who actually had that exact title, social media expert at the University of Waterloo. Uh-huh. And she basically like contradicted everything I said, saying that it was totally wrong. And I was like, why didn't you let me argue with this lady? I, I would have <laughs> gone back and forth with her, but they didn't give me the chance. So, cause like she said like, oh, it's not possible, all this stuff. And I was like, that's like, that's again right there is the problem with school. How in the world is she a social media expert when she hasn't done social media? Mm, okay. Riddle me that. That doesn't make N- any hey, sense. Now, now you're preaching, dude. That, that's it's like the fact that I actually left the radio station. Like I was super excited that I was in the news, but then I was like, "What? What just happened here?" Like <laughs> I, I just got told what was up from someone who has no clue what they're talking about when I do this every single day. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's 
but that's definitely a major thing that goes on. That's crazy. Okay. Um, and t- to wrap this up, what, what are, what are a couple, a couple things that you'd like to say maybe to encourage or maybe to discourage people that, that are looking to, uh, to start a YouTube channel or a podcast, um, or, or start a, a start a blog. Cause I know some, some people are like, okay, where can I make the most money? YouTube blog or podcast? I'm going to go do uh, th- no, go that way. If you're, if, if you're, if that is the first question that you ask, do not start it because if you're going into it with looking for a paycheck, you won't have the grit. You won't have the passion necessary for that money and paycheck to find you. I say this so often that the paycheck finds its way to passion, not the other way around. So you, you need to, uh, you need to be passionate about the subject and then ask for if you should start or if you shouldn't, there's, there's no risk. Like it doesn't cost you money. You can do it from your phone right now. There's a concept again from the Lean Startup book, which I referenced earlier, called mm-hmm. the MV- MVP, Minimum Viable Product. And everybody's minimum viable product is in my hand right here. It's an iPhone or an Android. You can literally do all of the steps necessary to start. And then again, once you reach that, that threshold of this is something I'm going to do, this is something I want to take seriously, then you make minor investments over time. I'd say that's a big mistake that I did was maybe jumping in too quickly and then it having like not a positive return on my investment. So I think mm-hmm. you're better off going the other way around and being really cheap getting into it and slowly building as it becomes a necessity. Okay. And, and I would say uh, maybe don't quit a job that you have because you decided you want to be a social media expert. No, so I'll uh, clarify. I did this all well in school. And after I graduated, I did have a job for about like eight or nine months to pay off my student loans and whatnot. And then it was all at the same time I was building my business and my YouTube channel to the point where that made more money than my job. And then once it reached that point, like I no longer worked there. So it it really comes down to definitely like don't put forced risk and uh, like potential loss out there when you could do both. So I think it really comes down to proper time management and, Mm -hmm. uh, a plan, I think, is pretty crucial. Okay, so, uh, so what, 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 what I, what I can say is a goal first. What, what your goal is with, with whatever you're doing, like you said, time management, a plan. Um, what would you say, uh, j- just to end this to someone looking to start? Um, you probably shouldn't be looking for sponsors right away, right? That shouldn't be the main focus. Uh, the main focus should might be your content what are you looking to provide and like you mentioned earlier earlier i think the niche yeah yeah i think it's figuring out yourself so it's going to take some exploration like i i keep all my old videos on my channel as testament to that that it does come through exploration and like i'm practicing what i'm preaching here some of my videos are vlogs and they're absurdly cringe and then there's the stuff about my knee and then i originally started in the fitness niche so like you can pivot and it absolutely is possible so i I think it all just comes with starting and then figuring out that value point like i say that so often on my videos and i've said it so many times in this conversation is that because it's so crucial and i think it's going to take a light bulb moment and I, i it's very difficult to put your finger on when they happen, but they happen through grit and just doing stuff constantly. Cause I kept hearing people that uh, are, are way bigger than me say like, Oh, it's all about value. It's all about value. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? So like it gets thrown around so often. I think that you go numb to it, but over time doing things, doing things and figuring out what didn't work versus what worked. And then the light bulb moment, which I mentioned in my most recent video was anybody who invests time into watching your content, they're giving up 
everything else that they could possibly doing be doing with that time. The concept mm-hmm. of opportunity cost, that's directly related to value. So if you're not giving them something that's an adequate return to a specific type of person, you can't grow. So figuring out what your adequate return is, is the best place to start. And that only comes through exploration and starting. Dude, that, that uh, we had one video where we have over a thousand views and uh, there's like over 10,000 minutes watched. And honestly, I was like so humbled. I was like, dude, I took 10,000 minutes of somebody's life. That's amazing. Man. Like, that, the, And I love that you said that is because for some people, they would hear that and be like, oh, that's well, not that big of a deal. That is insane that people will give that to you. That, 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 like, that is so important. And I love that you that you mentioned that because it's important to celebrate your wins regardless of what size they are, man, even if you didn't get nearly to that level, even if you're yeah. just way smaller, that's still a huge achievement. And if you approach it with optimism, the next one's going to find you and it'll be bigger. It's a small effect. That's awesome to hear that that video was so successful. Yeah, it, was, it was exciting. Dude. I almost felt like a, like a little kid again. It was, it was awesome. Um, anyway, so yes, to wrap this up on a, on a positive note, man, I want to thank you again. Thanks, Ben, for coming on, uh, making some time. Um, Thank you for posting posting uh, some social media in, insights and content and, and the stuff you do. I definitely follow. Um, so where can people find you? You have a website, just your YouTube channel. I know you said you were Ben Levitt on everything. Yeah. So actually, unfortunately, on uh, Instagram, I'm Ben Levitt underscore because there's another Ben Levitt who wouldn't sell me okay. his name. Him and I go back and forth every so often. I try to get it <laughs> off, but he won't give it to me. Uh, so I'm Ben Levitt underscore on Instagram. On TikTok, I'm just Ben Levitt. Uh, and then on uh, YouTube, it's just Ben Levitt as well. And just to clarify, because my name doesn't sound like it's mm-hmm. spelt, it's L-E-A-V-I-T-T. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Have a good night. We'll definitely post post that in the link or the, the description below uh, for anybody watching. So have a good night, Ben. Thank you, you ben. again. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I had a blast. All righty, bye-bye.